This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Happy New Year still. And I do that for the longest time. And Happy New Year to you, to my board operator, Henry. Happy New Year. God bless you, everybody. It's Wednesday, January 4th. 2023. Can you believe we're in 2023? And what a year it is turning out to be already. So much is happening. We're going to talk about two of the biggest stories that people are just focusing on at this time. Of course, going to continue to go into the DeMar Hamlin story. It turns out he was resuscitated twice. Um, indeed, he is fighting for his life. He's been intubated. When you're intubated, that's serious business, everybody. And we have got to talk about that, not just NFL safety protocols, but underlying health conditions uh, and and other things. You know, there's a lot of speculation, unfortunately, corporate media and uh, the culture in which we are living doesn't, really doesn't allow you to have a fair and really open discussion about people's speculation. And that's a shame because uh, we need to know what happened. We need to know what happened to this young man. And so let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. You can talk about whatever your speculations are. You can put them on my chat chat line. I don't care what they are. Put them there uh, so that I can know what's on your mind, what's on your mind, your collective mind, and what's on your individual mind. But, of course, we have to look at what's happening in Washington. I came here because I was going to watch my brother and so many other wonderful people get sworn in to Congress yesterday, both houses. Uh, they... Jonathan technically is still Pastor Ricky, Congressman elect. They were not sworn in yesterday. <laughs> uh, they do not have a Speaker of the House. They do not have a Speaker correct. of the House. Correct. Correct. Got to be crazier and crazier and crazier. And we had a watch party, and it was like, we were, Hakeem Jeffries is leading uh, the man who moved into the Speaker's office, maybe prematurely. But the question is will Kevin McCarthy have to deal with the Dems? Will we make a deal with Democrats? Or will he have to uh, give in to the right-wing GOP? What's the deal? What's going on, everybody? Because this is politics. You have to make deals. So what is going on? Uh, how are they going to get out of this mess? We've not seen anything like this since 1923 in 100 years. There's a lot going on in America, and we're seeing it reflected in the people's house. So we've got to talk about that today. Of course, John Nichols is going to give us his insight. We're going to have Dr. D. We're going to have Aaron Connolly, who's in Washington. I'm going to see her later on today with Congresswoman-elect Delia Ramirez, the first Hispanic woman elected to uh, the House of Representatives from our region of the country. That's a lot to celebrate, everybody. And, of course, Attorney Daryl Jones, and we'll have Dr. Shanina Knight. And then we'll be hearing from uh, the anointed Pastor Vicki Johnson in just a couple of minutes. So let's get to some of these headlines, everybody. Let's take it away. In Chicago, 46 degrees and thunderstorms. In Minneapolis, St. Paul, it is snowing up there, everybody. Heavy snow. Uh, heavy snowstorm. Please be careful. Please, 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 please be careful. A winter warning. I want to dedicate the show to Mrs. Rose Cole and her family, Reverend Dr. Frederick Cole on the Great West Side. 
the best side of Chicago, made his transition, sending you all much, 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 much love today. Thank you for reaching out to me and letting me know about um, his place among the angels, as they say. The Bills and the Bengals have had their game suspended uh, because of each what we saw, the tragic uh, heart attack of DeMar Hamlin. Uh, the NFL announced yesterday, and this does have playoff implications, everybody. But for now, the game will not be played. Will the Bills be able to go on? Will they be able to advance to uh, the playoffs? How is this going to impact everything? Many people want to know. And so we are going to out rather shortly. We're going to find out, and you know, we'll just have to see. We don't know. But you know something? There was an incredible symmetry uh, yesterday. DeMar Hamlin was at the forefront of the minds of the Buffalo Sabres from the time they woke up, according to this NBC report, through the end of their 5-4 overtime victory of the Capitals. Check this out, everybody. Check this out, Pastor Johnson. Um, uh, one of the players scored three goals. Now, mind you, DeMar Hamlin's number is three. A lot of people walked into the stadium yesterday wearing T-shirts with number three on them. Thompson scored three goals, including the third goal exactly into three a three-on-three overtime on January 3rd. You can't make this up. And Thompson now has 30 goals for the season. We pray that those angels of healing continue to surround uh, this family, the Hamlin family. And, um, and oh, only God knows what we're to learn from this, because there's a lot of speculation, and we ought to be able to talk about it, everybody, so that we can really, really increase our health. Let me get on with this, everybody. The Timberwolves, uh, well, we just, we've got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot going on, everybody. The Trailblazers will be playing the Timberwolves. Uh, tonight, and the Nets will be playing the Bulls. And um, it's just incredible, the symmetry. I want to remind you of the January 26th mayoral debate hosted by WCPT. It will be streamed live on all of our platforms. Patty Vasquez, Joan Esposito, and I will be uh, moderating that discussion. We've gotten acceptances from many, if not most, of the candidates. And uh, I want you to send me direct messages. Let me know the questions that you'd like me to ask. What's really on your mind? Because that's what I'm there for. I want you to let me know. Uh, go to, you can send me an email at Santita S. Jackson, S. Jackson at WCPT 820.com or just go to the Santita Jackson and Friends page. Yeah, you can do that, too. So let me know what's on your mind. But you know what? We've got a lot to talk about today, a lot to talk about. So let's get right to it. Let's get right to it. Uh, Pastor Vicki Johnson, it's always yeah. a joy to hear your voice. Boy, is this the year. I think it's just all, it is on and cracking. I love it. <laughs> what is the good news? <laughs> Well, good morning, Santita, and good morning to all of your morning stars and friends, and Happy New Year. There is good news. As the year 2022 came to an end, people were talking about the top news stories, the January 6th hearings, Russia invading Ukraine, high inflation rates, monkeypox. Mass shootings in Uvalde, Texas, a Buffalo supermarket, and a Virginia Walmart. 
Colorado Springs nightclub shootings and other places right in our own communities. Roe versus Wade was overturned. The death of Queen Elizabeth and the transfer of power to King Charles. Hurricanes and tsunamis. The midterm elections that seemed like they would never go away. But we came out victorious with Jonathan Jackson. <laughs> the death of Sidney Poitier and many other noted entertainers and activists. The death of Barbara Walters, a mentor to so many women in journalism. And the death of Pope Benedict. So with all of this that happened last year, I would like to make an important funeral announcement. It is with our deepest heartfelt sympathy that I inform you about the death of our beloved friend and sometimes enemy, Brother 2022. Hmm. He is survived by 12 wives, 52 children, and 365 grandchildren. The funeral took place on Saturday, the 31st of December at 11.59 p.m. His family members asked me to inform you that he died with all of your problems, your sicknesses, disappointments, frustrations, ultimate deaths, shame, disgrace, barrenness, disencouragement, failures, and rejections. Yet his successor, Mrs. 2023, asked me to inform you that she is going to compensate you with the word of God, life, health, strength, abundant blessings, forgiveness, Love, peace, joy, happiness, success, understanding, righteousness, promotions, elevations, and breakthrough. Glory to God. Your greater is coming. Believe it. Receive it. It's yours. If you will do this, and I believe that you will, in this new year of 2023, then to me, that's good news. That was brilliant and anointed. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Thanks for breaking down 2022 that way. Never heard it like that. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> Pastor Vicki Johnson. Wow, wow, wow. Bury, bury it. It, it is gone. What is it? One day at a time, sweet Jesus. Yesterday's gone. Yes. Yesterday is gone. There's nothing you can do. But be better today, everybody. Just go on. Pastor Vicki Johnson, very quickly, how can we hear you? Um, how can we hear past sermons? How can we worship with you on Sunday? You can worship with us at St. Thomas Lutheran Church at 8000 South Jeffrey Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois. Our worship time has changed to 11.30 a.m., 11.30 a.m. each Sunday. If you can't come in person, then please tune us in on Facebook. 
We would be so happy to have you in this year of 2023. Love it. Love you. Love it. Love you. And can't wait to do that, everybody. You can go back and if you want to hear her good news for today, go to WCPT820.com forward slash Santita. Listen to the podcast of this show and you'll be able to get that snippet. And I encourage you to pass it along. We've got the Dr. Shanina Knighton with us, infection preventionist, uh, one of the leaders in the health field. We are so glad to have her with us on in this new year on this Wednesday. She wants to talk to us about long COVID. (laughs) A lot of people that they have it. What is long COVID? How do you know if you have it or if you don't have some other malady? Good morning, Santita. How are you? And happy New Year. Oh, I'm glad to hear your voice, Kelly girl. Awesome. So I think more so than anything, one of the big things to think about when we're talking about long COVID is symptoms that have tended to last for weeks, months, and sometimes even years. But I bring this up because, like, as we talk about the new year and as we just heard, you know, um, Pastor mentioned, you know, how to, like, think about things that are in the past and think about what's in the new. It's going into 2023 and making sure that we are concerned about our health and remembering that prevention is better than treatment. Many of us may try to tell ourselves that we are okay um, when it comes to after COVID, but I still just want to remind people that since this pandemic started and let's say it got on our radar, February 29th of 2020, when the first death occurred, we've been still uncovering what is COVID, what are the long-term effects of COVID, how do you treat COVID, how does COVID spread? still prevails in terms of us still trying to get a better understanding and wrap our mind around this illness. With that being said, we also started to learn that symptoms that someone may have or let's say weird things such as the ringing in the ears, people have like an extended cough for a long period of time, people having brain fog, those things that seem temporary and that people may have seemed to complain about people are still faced with those challenges, and that is whether they had mild COVID or severe COVID. Mm-hmm. One of the most studies that came out, and this was not too long ago, shared that individuals that have brain fog, these individuals may have symptoms such as memory loss. They're actually finding that some have um, an aging brain compared to those that don't have COVID. You may have um, issues with focusing, meaning that, yes, you may have been sharp about something and may have been able to have your attention span divert to certain activities, but maybe you're struggling with that as of late and cannot understand why. I'm bringing these things up because we may ignore them and we may think that they're not important or we may say, oh, this too shall pass. But it's important to give ourselves grace and think about our health in a way of, am I impacted by COVID? So what are the takeaways? For one, being honest with yourself and understanding, am I different? And is there something different about me that maybe I'm just attributing to aging or I'm attributing it 
to a certain event or a certain activity. Two, it means going out and saying, can I get a primary care provider? Should I get a primary care provider? And what questions do I need to ask my primary care provider about symptoms that I have been ignoring? So the first one, again, is being honest with yourself. Two, is making sure that you are seeking preventative care and getting some sort of primary care provider on board so that way you can get regular checkups. Third is going to be taking care of your health. And when I say taking care of your health, it's taking care of yourself, meaning that is if you are working extended hours, understanding that that job is going to be there. But if you're not taking care of your own health, will you be there or will you be replaced? It means making sure that you're eating healthy and boosting your immune system. So that way, should you encounter a COVID, a RSV, or a flu, your body is in its best position to be able to fight it off. It also means exercise. It means figuring out ways to relieve stress that, that you may encounter. So saying all of these things to say, Santita, that when we talk about long COVID, talk about how it potentially is impacting people right now, we have to think about health more consciously to understand if we have been impacted by long COVID. Some of us have and may not be coming to the realization of it when we're thinking that we're having temporary forgetfulness or we're not as sharp as we once were and we're thinking that it's just due to being tired. We have to stop making those excuses and understand what's really going on with our bodies because some of us, our early warning systems are not as sharp as they were with telling us that something is going on with our bodies. So we want to make sure that we're taking care of that. Hmm. Amen to that. I've got about about a minute. If you have long COVID, what can you do? Robert has said, you know, he had long COVID in 2020 and he had extended, you know, joint nerve, joint pain in his back and legs for more than a year. Is I mean, is there a medicine that you can take if, say, if you do have joint pain or if you're having headaches or, you know, just whatever the malady is, is there anything you can do about it? Can you treat, can you isolate and treat that issue? So there's a such thing as being able to, let's say, manage symptoms. And I'm not going to tell you that that's the case for everything, meaning I'm not sure what the treatment would be for trying to cure brain fog, right, or forgetfulness. But what I will say is, is it is important to be in contact with your primary care provider, a trusted provider more so than anything, to make sure that you are having those ongoing discussions when it comes to your health to see what potential treatments are available. Again, COVID doesn't necessarily have a cure right now, so we know mm-hmm. that the side effects of COVID symptoms can be managed even if it's not treated. Everybody, hey, Dr. Nina, H-E-Y-D-R-N-I-N-A, that's her handle. Go on and meet her. So you're going to ask her the questions, follow her. We want people to know who this great, 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 great academician, nurse, Ph.D., infection preventionist is. Sending you much love, Dr. Nina. Coming up, let's talk about Damar Hamlin, everybody. What legal implications, what are the legal implications of this case? Back in just a moment.
This is the Santita Jackson Show. The Santita Jackman Show. I love that song. We can change the world. Thank you. Very kind. I'm going to play um, a song. I just got permission to use it. One that I recorded some years ago. A couple of them. And so you'll be hearing that too in 2023 in the next few days. So moving forward, this is WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station at AM 950 Radio, the voice of Progressive Minnesota and the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel. Everybody, please go on over there, like and share, and Santita Jackson and Friends, my Facebook page. And that's my official page, everybody. That's where you need to go. So please go to the Santita Jackson and Friends Facebook page and the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel. That's where I really need you to be. Call us at 773-763-9278, 773-763-9278. And let's talk about DeMar Hamlin. Uh, we need to know what happened to him. No one knows. And um, he's really, really struggling with his health. It turns out he needed to be resuscitated not once but twice. And fortunately, the NFL has safety protocols in place that saved his life, or certainly that have kept him alive. But we need to know what's happening in our high schools, what's happening in college. What protections do parents have? Can you imagine how his mother and family felt when they saw him make the tackle, stand up like it, and he was okay, and then he just falls out? What's that? Many people are speculating, really, about what happened. Yeah, and I think we ought to be able to do that without being called conspiracy theorists. You need to, we need to know what happened to this athlete who's 24 years of age, who's in the prime of his life, one of the best conditioned bodies on earth, and he has a massive heart attack, and they're fighting to keep him alive. Are you serious? His heart stopped at the game and stopped on the way to the hospital. 773-763-9278-773-763-9278. Now, I promise you, no matter what your speculation is, you will not get cut off. Okay, but we're so glad to have a birthday girl back. Ah, I found out on Facebook that you had a birthday. Me, you know, girl, I didn't know. And of course, um, she looks like a model in this picture. But Chappelle is gorgeous, and her daughters look just like her, and her husband looks like they all look alike. They're gorgeous people. So, happy birthday, girl! Happy birthday! How you feeling? I'm feeling great, Santita. Happy New Year to everyone. We are back and up and running and taking orders and celebrations by us. We're getting ready for this Super Bowl. So get all your hors d'oeuvres ready. So give us a call at 708-526-4546, 708-526-4546. We look forward to serving everyone. We are taking orders. We're taking orders for cakes, cookies, uh, hors d'oeuvres, as well as also your setup and decor. So give us a call at 708-526-4546, and we look forward to serving you. Thank you so much, Santita. Happy birthday, Madam Chappelle. Well, that's what you call them, late shady ladies, the married ladies. Sending you much love today. Um, we have got, of course, legal Q&A with CK. is a little early today. We're going to be talking about in this block. Damar Hamlin and that story, that is something that has captivated the world. Um, 
and people have a lot of questions and they have a lot of, and there's a lot of speculation, a lot of speculation about why this happened to him. We're seeing a lot of athletes, a lot of people just dropping dead all around the world. And that's something that has to be addressed. You need to find out why the most conditioned, best conditioned people in the world heart problems. Is there, do we need to have a better screening process before people are allowed to play little league? That's right. Or high school, uh, high school sport, college sport, professional sport. Think about Hank Gathers. See, that's our generation. CK and uh, perhaps uh, attorney Holmes. When we saw this great athlete, this great basketball player just collapse and die on the court, it was absolutely devastating for all of us. But these are the issues that we need to we need to deal with. And attorney CK Hoffer and of course attorney Shannon Holmes are have engaged are engaged in a new project because as a Division One football mom, and she has to put on her mom hat. I remember when she was having these babies. I can't believe this. She saw something else, and the parents, because of her brilliance and expertise, saw this court TV legal analyst, Chair of Rainbow Push, former president of the National Bar Association, the largest known as Bar Association, with the school and the coaching staff heard her speak. They said, we need to talk to her because she really knows the questions to ask, and uh, this could get litigious if we don't do this right. Talk to us, CK, if we find out now that DeMar Hamlin, they have him on his stomach. They're, they're doing everything. Clearly, he's fighting for his life. He not only needed to be resuscitated at the game, on the win game, they could, his heart wouldn't just couldn't keep going. He's being intubated. He can't breathe on his own. Oh, what's going on? And, and I mean, and if he, say if he had a congenital uh, issue, say if he, what if he had some medicine that, that hurt him? I mean, what are the things that, what are the questions that we need to be asking as parents and as guardians and as loved ones? I mean, what do you think of this situation? And go for it, because this is really a part of your practice. Good morning, Sarah. Yes, it is. And happy birthday to the magnificent Chaparral. Wow. So just so excited to celebrate another birthday on this on this great day. Yes, my you know, Sentina, my heart goes out to this young man, to his family, because I am his mother and his mother's me. Mm-hmm. I have two children and this is where I start when we go through the legal analysis because at the end of the day, we all are people. We are mothers, we are aunties, we're godmothers, and we watch and godfathers. But right now, I want to focus on the mothers, because the mothers are the driving force behind athletes going to college. And I say that just based on information. The fathers play a very critical role as well. But for a lot of these athletes, the mothers are the ones who are approached. The mothers are the ones who are are working with their children on a day-to-day basis. And again, that's not just through the fathers, because the fathers play a critical role and are also very engaged. But a lot of the schools work with the mothers when, when they are in high school, when they are in middle school, when there's an identification of a very, very stellar athlete. I know what I speak of because that is me. And when the schools identify and when you see your child evolve from being, as in my case, with one of my children, 
the most awkward, uncoordinated child in his class. Awkward, uncoordinated, in need of help with his coordination because he was so big to a four-star athlete. And it seems like it's overnight. There is a machinery that kicks into place in private schools and public schools, just across the board, to, to corral and collect the talent of your child. And so immediately what you do as a parent, no matter what your socioeconomic background is, you say, okay, okay, my child has some talent. What do I do to support my child and to nurture that talent? And that's where the story begins from a medical standpoint. Because if your child is playing football, Let's stop with football. Stop right there because of the tragedy that the world has seen. And by the way, this happens all the time. We just saw it on TV. It has the same effect, Santita and Shannon, as when we first saw George Floyd. When we saw that video, the world stopped. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe this has happened. We saw a man being killed by law enforcement in front of our eyes on a video. Well, what we saw on the football field was this young man dying? We saw him dying before our very own, not dying, but being close to death. And we felt, we felt, those looking, we felt he was dying because he wasn't moving. His, his teammates, the reaction, I felt he was dying. My heart was, was beating because, as I said, I'm his mother. His mother is me. That's a position that I think about. That's what, I, that's what keeps me up at night. Will that be my child? Could that be my child? Because the sport that this, that this entire nation is mesmerized by because it's religion and I'm in it. What our players, what is the toll on our players and what can we do to protect our, our players? That's the issue because it happens so quickly. Your child goes from having baby's breath to being a four or five-star athlete and being recruited heavily because of their athletic prowess. And so as a mother, you're saying, what can I do to protect my child? It is from that, Santita, that feeling, that mother looking at that child. He was a child on that football field when he collapsed from his heart. When, when, when I looked at that, I thought, oh, my goodness, I've got to go further in protecting children. But before that happened, because of my children, who both of them are about one is already at a Division One football um, school, playing football. The other is about to start in, in June at a Division I football school. Both of them were blessed with athletic talent. Now I'm, you know, 5'4". I'd like to believe, I don't know, that they got their talent much bigger. But I always say, you know, I, my genealogy, whatever, 5'4". But I, 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 I say that because you have to have concerns as a parent because it could happen to you. You can never say, oh, that's, that's because, no, that's because you're in that space. That's because you could be there. So from that Santita, um, what I did is I said, I've got to do more to protect my children. And this has morphed into really a mission of mine. As a lawyer and trial lawyer, what I do is I give, because I'm a plaintiff's lawyer, I give voice to the voiceless. I lecture so many lawyers, help so many people, because I love doing that. I love helping. I love giving voice where no one allows people to speak. But if I can't give voice to my children, my own children, then what am I doing? And so from that emerged 
uh, this notion, this new passion that I have, which is to develop an NIL team, name, image, and likeness team, primarily comprised of lawyers, lawyers. And Shannon Holmes is one of the lead lawyers with me in that effort, who would be in a position to work to help to protect our children who are playing football, really on a college level. This is different, if you will, from when kids go to the NFL. When they go to the NFL, they are already part of a machinery. The protection needs to happen. The input from a different way, from my standpoint, needs to happen when they're in high school. When they're being, when their athletic prowess is being noticed and they're being approached for all of these opportunities, what things do we Wait a minute. How do you prepare? Let me ask you this, because you know when the money gets in it, people start being nice to you. You get phone calls from people who would have walked past you before. My question is, then should we have health screenings um, of people, of, of, our, of our children who want to try out for teams, boys and girls, right, uh, to see if they have any congenital heart problems or underlying health conditions that might imperil them in the future? And would that be part of these protections, CK? I mean, because these kids are being proven through athletics very young, very early in their lives as young kids. Well, Santita, at some schools, there are health screenings. At some, like you okay. can't, when you play, if you're a child today in most schools, well, let me just say in a private school setting, if they play um, football, they cannot, every year they have to have a physical. All kids have to have a physical. Now, since COVID, since COVID, um, and I know this, again, I'm in this space. They have, my child to play this year had to have a cardiologist sign off on his, um, on his ability to play. So it wasn't just a regular physical. A cardiologist, because from, he took the COVID vaccine, and they didn't mandate at their school, but it was strongly encouraged when you're in a contact sport. It is strongly encouraged that you take the COVID vaccine because, you know, obviously – if you're playing a contact sport, you're trying, you're practicing, you're training with your teammates, you're, you're lifting weights. The rigors, the, the physical rigors of the sport require them training. My kids train every day, except for not every day. They have one day off, so six days a week, some form of training, intense training with other young men. If you do have COVID, it's going to spread. So the, the conventional wisdom or the protocols were to strongly encourage uh, the vaccination. But for my child to come back to school, he had to have a cardiologist clear him. All the football players did. I don't know if it was all the athletes, but I know the football players did because, in fact, I learned this from Dr. Knighton, Santita, from your show, who was just on this morning, who's just amazing. She is the one who said to me, you need, you need to check this out. You need to keep your eye on this with your child. And so I did, and before, I was looking into this and having, this is before the school mandated it, having a cardiologist look at him, just clear him to, to play football because of some link, and this is on the CDC website, between myocarditis and um, the vaccine. It was one of the things that could happen. And there have been cases of children, children. Remember, Pfizer came out with the first vaccine relative to children. If your children were 16 or under, Pfizer was the only option. And then there was like a disclaimer about myocarditis that could be one of the, you know, there are a lot of side effects that they disclaim, but in children, that was one of them. 
So when you talk about screenings, health screenings, Santita, that did happen at my children's school. I don't know if it happened at every school. I don't know if it happened in the public school. I don't know that, but I know that for my child to play, he had to have that clearance. And he did. But even when you have that clearance, Santita, that may not be enough. I mean, you know, you have a clearance. Suppose you do have a, a congenital issue. And it might be undetected. You really don't know. You have to really stay on top of your children's physical condition. But suppose you can't afford insurance. Suppose you can't afford to go to the doctors. Suppose you can't afford all of those things. Um, and we talked about this because you just don't have the resources. Many people don't have the resources. So, so you're making decisions, but you, don't, you may not know. And by the way, this might continue through college because in college okay. – yeah. No, no, but let's let's bring in, let's bring in Journey Holmes because one of the things that I think that both of you really and, and I want CK, you bring him on because I think what you all stand against because our kids when they get into these big these big schools they're in their system so they use their doctors CK. I mean, how can we truly have some independence and we're getting great advice CK? Take it away. All right. Well, I'm going to bring on Shannon Holmes. I talked about this name, image, and likeness, meaning today, and this wasn't the case, kids can, children can, um, going into, actually now it's in high school, some high schools, they can get paid for their name, image, and likeness. There are sponsors that will say, look, if you just use, you know, promote us on social media, come speak a little bit, and these are, of course, these four- and five-star athletes, um, then we'll pay you for your name, image, and likeness. And they sign a contract. These children, no legal representation most of the time, they sign a contract and away they go. Some of them get millions of dollars, Bentleys. You all see that there are the star quarterback of this team, the star running back of this team, the star defense of them. They get, they can get paid millions of dollars in time or in cash. And so that is what's happening. So, so in that instance, we felt that the children, again, this is another place where they're not protected. Shannon Holmes was a magnificent attorney. He hails from Dallas, Texas. He's in Texas now. But he is someone who I've known for years through the National Bar Association. And so we felt, along with more, another group of more attorneys that we've assembled, to do this work to protect our children. This was so important that we needed to create a group that is strictly focused on in this practice area, helping athletes and beginning in high school and their families navigate through all of these, the myriad of, of issues that they can confront relative to name, image, and likeness and their careers going forward before they even go to college, Santita. But Shannon Holmes is bad to the bone, Santita. He's extraordinary. He's been on our show before. He represents athletes right now and entertainers, and he's, he's just a phenomenal lawyer. So, Shannon, I'm going to call you on to, and, and by the author, he's written a book. He is so entrenched in this and so persuaded that of the need for protection, he's written a book that basically tells these athletes, these young athletes, you've got to treat your life as if you were a corporate executive. If you are pursuing a football career, a basketball career, a soccer career, you must treat your life as you are a corporate executive and have the consultants that you need to protect you, including, including the type of medical, you have to understand your body, healthcare issues, legal consultants, and others. 
to help you in this journey. Otherwise, there could be traps or consequences. But I'm going to let him talk about it because he's phenomenal. And, and, and as I said, author Shannon, good morning. Well, you only have four more good minutes, morning. but I promise you I'm going to bring you all back because, you know, you do see that uh, DeMar Ham- Hamlin is a corporate entity, right? Oh, good morning, Santita. Good morning, CK. Thanks, as always, for allowing me to share and to, to take part with you guys. Um, first of all, my prayers and, and thoughts are with the Hamlin family. It's certainly a tragic event that we all witnessed um, on Monday night. Um, and and to speak to that, you know, we've seen this before. I think you mentioned this, CK. We've seen this before. I think you mentioned this, Santita, with, with um, Lynn Bias, Hank Gathers, and others. Um, there was an issue a few years ago with a guy at Minnesota Vikings who had some type of medical issue, I think, at practice. I think it was a heart issue. I know he died. I just Forgive me, I just don't remember all the details. But, again, that was, again, when it was talked about, I think it centered around his heart. Um, and so, again, we know about the CTE issue, which is the, the issue that NFL has looked at from a, the concussions that guys have suffered, and there's even been – you know, settlement with the NFL, with some of the guys being paid, most of the retired guys, you know, being paid. But then there was an issue with that from a racial issue where um, there was some discrimination with, between the black players and the white players and how they were being evaluated and how they were being compensated. So that's still ongoing. Um, I, I just want to make this one point, because I know Santiago said we're going to go to break, um, that in protecting our athletes and athletes protecting themselves and treating themselves as a business, especially at the collegiate level and even more at the professional level, these guys have to consider disability insurance. If I could quickly just say, Mr. Hamlin, if he doesn't play again, all his dreams and thoughts and ideas and goals regarding compensation are done. Um, he won't earn another NFL contract, but had he had a disability policy that, of some sort of amount, maybe five, ten million dollars, then and even he can't ever play football again, he would have been paid that amount of money. Um, so that's just another way of guys protecting themselves when you're playing this sport. We know playing in football is playing by consent. And when we talk about the legal implications, when we look at the play on Monday night, there was nothing malicious. It was not illegal. Um it was not outside of the rules of the game. And so with that, we don't know now what caused this. Um, was it undiagnosed, which we've heard many, many instances, a lot of times it said it was something that went undiagnosed. Was it the contact? Uh, just that incidental, uh, if you will, forgive my language, freak hit, if you will, that just caused his heart to stop. I mean, those are the types of things we're all on the edge of our seats wanting to know from the medical staff and hope we'll learn more in the future. I'm, I know without a doubt the NFL is going to do uh, some research on this and continue to investigate this, this particular play, this incident, this medical issue. But with that being said, this was all consent, a legal hit, and yet this young man, as we know now, is fighting for his life, and certainly you know, his career hangs in the balance. Um, but what happens after that? I mean, whether he can play again or not play again, how does that impact him? his family, and his life going forward. And those are the types of things CK and I are working with players as young as high school and college to make sure they understand you're not just out there running around and jumping and throwing in kitchen, but you're actually a business and you have to think of it that way 
and protecting yourself and your family um, as you go forward, particularly in the professional level. You know, when we get on the other side of the break, um, because I have to pivot into what happened in Washington yesterday, because we still do not have the U.S. House of Representatives sworn in. We still don't have a Speaker of the House. It is chaotic. One wonders how legislation will get through uh, when you have this kind of chaos. Uh, But this is an issue, too, because our children are not recruited for their intellectual capabilities and abilities the way they are for their athletic abilities. And I'd like you, I'm with you, Renee, as well, who is a teacher in our public school system. She said, what if they recruited our children as hard (laughs) for their intellectual capabilities as they do for the athletic? And I can tell you as a former merit scholar, they do, they will recruit you hard. They will. They will give you the same amount of money. That's why many merit scholars ended up going to state schools starting in the 80s with me because, you know, you got more money when you went to these, uh, not to the Ivies, but to other institutions. But one has to wonder what will happen with Mr. Hamlin. I mean, because indeed, he didn't have a huge contract, but he was making a good living. Where, what happens now? What happens now? I'm going to give you all about five minutes when we get on the other side, and then we've got to talk about Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> What's going to happen? We all have Dr. D. I know he'll want to weigh in on this CK and attorney home. Stay right here. More of the Santita Jackson Show in just a minute. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Santita Jackson Show. WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station and AM 950 radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota. And the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel. Please meet us over there, the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel and the Santita Jackson and Friends page on Facebook. We are streaming, streaming, streaming live. And everybody, please um, don't forget about the January 26th mayoral debate. It is going to be fantastic. Joan Esposito, Patty Vasquez, and I will be moderating this debate. We're going to have the top candidates there, and they will be answering questions from you. So please send me an email or reach out to me on Facebook or even on YouTube. Send questions. Let me know what you want to hear from these candidates. What are the issues that you want the next mayor of Chicago to address? So January 26th is going to be streaming on all the platforms. You don't want to miss it, everybody. All right. Let's talk. We've got a close out this discussion on DeMar Hamlin. I promise you we're going to bring it back tomorrow because it's, there's something about this story. C.K. Hopper said something so brilliant. It's like the George Floyd moment. So many of us will see someone literally uh, at the height of his physical powers just collapse and his heart stops. It just, I, I never say it doesn't make sense. I'm saying we don't have all the pieces and we need to have all the pieces. And I want to hear different, different thoughts from people. Uh, a lot of people are talking about shots. A lot of people are talking about congenital heart issues, a blow to the chest. There are a lot of things that are out here. And we should not shut down the discussion because we need to know what happened to this young man. And so many athletes who dropped dead on the field of battle. What's going on, everybody? Uh, call me at 773-763-9278, 773-763-9278. But we're going to be pivoting at 12 minutes after the hour to a discussion on Kevin McCarthy. Will he become speaker? 
he said he's going to he's not going to stop. He hasn't moved out of that speaker's office that he moved into, perhaps a little prematurely. Perhaps he knew something. Maybe he was promised something, and people reneged on their promises. We don't know what happened. Uh, certainly, I don't. It's above my pay grade. But we need to talk about this. How can they govern? How can they govern? with this kind of chaos and disarray. And, of course, John Nichols will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. So let's get right to it, everybody. Should This is Wednesday, January 4th, 2024, 2023, excuse me. Yes, the uh, my brother Jonathan and Daly Ramirez and uh, other members of the House of Representatives have not been sworn in yet because they do not have a Speaker of the House. What does that mean, everybody? In Chicago, we'll have a high of 41 degrees today, mostly cloudy. Snow in Minneapolis-St. Paul, 33 degrees. In the NFL, the Bills and the Bengals will not have their game resumed this week. It has playoff implications, uh, and there are no changes that will be made to the Week 18 schedule according to uh, the according to the NFL. We will uh, continue to look at this story, of course, that has impacted everyone as we think about and pray for the family of Damar Hamlin, everybody. In the NBA, the Trailblazers will be playing the Timberwolves and the Knicks will be playing the Bulls. In the NHL, the Sabres beat the Capitals 5-4, but there was a lot of resonance with number three. Of course, that is Damar Hamlin's number. And um, if you want to see God in action, think about that game. Think about that game. It was something... To behold, everybody, three points over time. I mean, the symmetry is just amazing. Uh, uh, the players scored three goals in the third, uh, in the third quarter, three minutes into a three-on-three three overtime on January 3rd. People were wearing the number three in the stands. Uh, and Mr. Thompson now has 30 goals this season. You can't make this stuff up. Well, God is real, everybody. God is real. So we still do not have a speaker in the U.S. House of Representatives. Will Kevin McCarthy be able to pull it out today? What's going to happen? We have to cut a deal with the Dems. Hakeem Jeffrey says there will be no deal with him to put him in. And remember, Kevin McCarthy is not one of the more extreme Republicans. And uh, or will he be able to have to give in to... What was five and what might be 20 Republicans? What's going on? Can't wait to hear from them about that. But some closing thoughts. And you've got three minutes between the two of you, Attorney C.K. Hoffler and Attorney Shannon Holmes, as we talk about this issue. Um, and you all will be coming back tomorrow so that you can give parents and, and people helpful hints and guidance about how they should how they should deal with these athletes who are recruited and pulled in by these corporate entities. C.K. Hoffler. Yes. Well, just want to say very quickly and give time to Shannon. You must, as I'm looking at this, and I'm doing the same thing, treat your children who are in on a collegiate level and actually start in high school, but on a collegiate level and definitely NFL, like a business. And if you have a business, you cultivate a business, you nurture a business, you protect a business because they are part of a billion-dollar industry. So it is up to the parents and their loved ones to protect them. Do not rely on the schools, on the teams to protect them because their interests are being protected. What does that mean? They need lawyers. They need doctors. They need people advising them, financial advisors, because they are now a business. And protect them and make sure that you understand their health. Know that at any time in a contact sport like football, 
disasters and injuries can happen. Protect your family. Shannon mentioned disability policies. There are a number of things, and we'll talk about them tomorrow. But most importantly, pray. And we extend our prayers to the Hamlin family. And know that for each of you mothers like me, that could be us. It is not so far removed. So we continue to say prayers. Shannon? All right. Thanks, Santita and CK. Again, my prayers and thoughts are with the Hamlin family. And, and again, to echo what CK is saying, you want to treat this, treat this as a business. I mean, we look at Hamlin now, and his business it hangs in the balance. Um, his ability to earn for his family hangs in the balance. And so you can't take these things lightly. Um, it's not a matter of just running up and down the field or, or the court or, or swinging a bat in softball or baseball. It's a matter of using your talent, your skill set, um, and treating it like a service to another entity. And with that comes all these other things that CK mentioned, you know, proper legal representation, proper medical consults, et cetera. I mean, we're all on the edge of our seat, as I said before, wanting to know more about how this happened what happened so that we can better deal with this type of scenario and be prepared in the future. And at this point, we just don't have a lot of the information, but there are all things we can generally do to be in better position um, going forward uh, for families and kids and athletes who are out there playing, uh, again, especially in a sport as, as violent and it has as much contact as football. So again, our prayers are with the Hamlet family. Thank you again, Santita. And look forward to speaking with you more about this on tomorrow. Hmm. And that, and thank you so much for that. We're going to have you back tomorrow because you need to know step by step. Yes. What you need to do to protect our children. Well, Oh boy. We still do not have members of Congress from the lower house. So U S house of representatives who've been sworn in because there is no speaker of the house. So the first time in 100 years since 1923, a Speaker of the House was not chosen on one ballot, on the first ballot. What does that mean? Uh, of course, uh, he would, the erstwhile Speaker, if you will, would be Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Uh, leader Kevin McCarthy started moving into the Speaker's office uh, days before uh, the vote. Boy, was he in for a surprise. Hakeem Jeffries got more votes than he, and you got a chance to see a true uh, unanimity amongst the Democrats, at least on that issue. Hakeem Jeffries has said, and this is Lita Jeffries, first African-American to serve in this position in the history of the Republic, someone who is in line to become the next Speaker of the House um, when the Democrats take over, first African-American, he will be in that position. Uh, he said, we're not going to cut a deal with the Republicans. Wow. So what is... What is happening? What does this mean? Of course, we have Aaron Connolly. We are here trying to wait <laughs> so we can get uh, Congresswoman elect Mayor and Congressman jo- Jackson and others uh, sworn in. That has not happened yet. And of course, Daryl Jones, you were at the CPC um, swearing in yesterday. I wish I could have seen you there yesterday, but I was there and. Um, it was a wonderful ceremony, but it doesn't bring in these congresspersons. But Dwight, Nikki, you predicted this chaos some time ago, CK. And CK, I know you were incredulous. Everybody was incredulous. He and Robert Patillo talked about the chaos that they foresaw uh, coming into 2020 and beyond, and it is still here. What happened yesterday in your estimation, uh, Dwight, Nikki? Uh, business as usual, 
it's uh, there is a faction of Republicans that that is dedicated to chaos, and they are uh, are using their numbers to try to leverage themselves in such a way that they can have a disproportionate the number of uh, amount of power in Congress. And right now it's working because uh, McCarthy, who has spent his whole life trying to, in Congress, trying to become the Speaker of the House, really has very few alternatives and very very few options. And so he's making concession after concession after concession, but with no results and no resolve. And so it may come down to them having to put somebody else into play, even though I know he wants to hold on to that that uh, position, he may not have an option because they are as recalcitrant as he is. And let me say real quickly while we on for the other subject is I totally agree with CK, but I think all our kids should be treated as a as a business. In some ways, a slave master. Saw us more as an investment because we was his property, as we do today in our own kids, and so I would raise that, take that, and raise it up, up a notch. Is that not only should our athletes be perceived as businesses and investments, all of our children should be seen that way. Every last one, because all these children have some genius somewhere. Um, Aaron Connolly, what did you see? Come on. What did you see yesterday? Were you you surprised? Were you saw King Jeffries get more votes than leader Kevin McCarthy? Were you expecting yesterday to have to unfold this way? Oh, yes. Yeah, I think everybody, and I'm sure you heard the energy on the Hill going into this, uh, what should have been a historic day for your family and Many other freshmen uh, coming into Congress, as you mentioned, my friend and uh, Delia Ramirez uh, was also not sworn in yesterday because of this chaos in the Republican Party. And we saw this this crumble uh, start. Right. There's always been a crack. Donald Trump created that um, when he won the presidency. And I don't agree with Senator Lindsey Graham on many things, but I do agree that he was right in saying that Trump would destroy the Republican Party. And this is the evidence, right? We see these factions within the party. We see these crazy demands made by uh, certain members of Congress, essentially holding holding this process, process hostage unless they, they get uh, committee assignments, et cetera. And, um, you know, I feel very bad for the Capitol staff that may have to move Kevin McCarthy's stuff out of the speaker's office, right? Um, he's already moved in and uh, may have to move out. And I, th- I, I think the, the telling thing is you don't go to the floor unless you have the vote. And this process showed, it was proof to the American people, that Democrats can govern effectively, consistently, competently. And when the Republicans are in charge, they can't even agree on who's leading them. And if they can't agree on who's leading them, they can't agree on what they're going to do, what their values are, what they're going to focus on policy-wise, right? So it doesn't doesn't look good <laughs> to the American people, this type of infighting. And the speeches that were made, 
were also chaotic. I think, you know, they I hope uh, for the American people's sake and the folks in Congress and the staffers that some sort of consistency comes out today. Right. I hope that there's there's progress because we need to get things done. We have, you know, congressional reps that have not been sworn in. We were going to do a ceremonial swearing in for Delia Ramirez last night and weren't able to do it because she legally is still a congresswoman elect, right? And they want to get to work. Let's help them get to work. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. If I had to guess, I would say that they're going to probably have a consensus candidate. That would be the smart thing to do before going back to the floor and having another embarrassing process. But I'm not sure that's that's the case. I think Kevin McCarthy has dug in his heels. I think there's portions of the folks that are loyal to him because he did show up for Republicans in their districts. He raised a lot of money. He was very hands-on for some of them. The Trump faction, as you saw, was not a part of that. So there's, there is some of that. I'm not sure he's going to give up so easily. Like I said, his furniture's already in the Speaker's office. So that's hard to, hard to, hard to let go. Um, but we'll see what happens today. I just hope for the American people's sake that we, we move forward. Aaron, just, I mean, quickly, just, it's just, it's come to me, you know, you don't hold a vote unless you have the numbers. Do you think that he got tricked? I mean, because he was moving into the office. I mean, there's this, or was this hubris? I mean, was this just excessive pride, arrogance? What do you think? I, I think it's, it's the fact that he did raise money for folks. Once that momentum is in place, I think he thought, he would get enough to come over to his side, right? That, that when it comes down to it, they would pick party over personal gain. And we saw <laughs> that that did not happen, right? Um, so I think it's a miscalculation and a misjudgment of his, his members. But um, I, I don't know. I, if, I, if I was running that show, I would, I would make certain that I had those votes before, before I'm calling it and embarrassing myself in front of the whole country. But that's just me. <laughs> no, 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 but there's not just you. That's him, too. He started moving into the office. I'm wondering if he was betrayed. I mean, I'm just saying it's just it's a thought because I can't imagine him not having finally come up with the votes. I wouldn't have moved in, you know. But, you know, well, Daryl, what do you think? What, what happened here? Because this is just too weird, right? Well, well, you know, uh, Santina, good morning. It, it's very weird, and, and I tell everyone to uh, get their seatbelt. I think today is going to be as wild a ride as, as yesterday. Get your popcorn because it's going to be somewhat entertaining to watch what, what's going on. And if you're looking to see a lot of progress uh, occur, you're not going to see it. Look, what I believe is happening here is this. You're, you're seeing uh, when Kevin McCarthy moved into that uh, speaker's office prematurely, uh, he was trying to send the message to the Freedom Caucus that he was in control here, he had he was going to get the votes, and this was going to be his office. I think that what that is, that is that made the members of that Freedom Caucus even more recalcitrant uh, in their position against him. And so I think what you're seeing now is the Freedom Caucus showing uh, the power 
uh, that they're trying to define out of this particular Congress. And so you have them, you know, saying, no, you're not going to be the speaker. It's not going to go down like that. You know, we're going to show you that we know what power we have, not only to affect the speaker uh, position, the election of the speaker, but what we can do to legislation as well. You're going to listen to us. We're going to be a role. We're going to have a major role to play in all of this. That's what I think uh, we saw going down with all these votes yesterday. And it's not the first time that, you know, that that this has uh, occurred because we know, uh, what was it, 2008 or so with uh, with John Boehner, right, that the Tea Party was upset with him. And they could not get Boehner through. So as a result of that, that's how you ended up with Paul Ryan, who, who much like Jim Jordan, said that I don't want the position. I don't want to be speaker, but was elected to the position of speaker. So, you know, with the situation that we find ourselves in now uh, with regards to uh, to Kevin McCarthy, uh, I don't know that he's going to be able to pull those votes together. You know, and his one narrow path that he may try to have uh, is trying to convince them to simply vote, you know, present or absent uh, so that he can lower the threshold for him to get in. But I don't think that the Freedom Caucus has any any reason to try to do anything to try to help him become speaker because he's not the person that they want. And if you end up seeing the compromise, I wouldn't be surprised to see the compromise candidate, whether it's Jim Jordan or Steve Scalise or, or someone else. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. But I do think that what we're seeing now is a display uh, of the power that the Freedom Caucus is showing to uh, Speaker, uh, well, perhaps future Speaker McCarthy and the others in the party uh, uh, that they, uh, that they have uh, as as a caucus. Hmm. Everybody, what do you think? What do you think happened here? And what about George Santos? He sat there yawning on the floor, uh, hmm. and just should he have been seated? <laughs> I just I want to know what your thoughts are. What and what does his the seating of George Santos, what does it say about the party? But first, I'm going to bring up John Nichols. What do you all think is happening with the Republicans? Will they come up with a consensus candidate, a compromise candidate, if you will? Uh, will Kevin McCarthy give up the fight? And will he have a power-sharing agreement with someone uh, who will take his place? What do you think? How will this all play out? Call us at 773-763-9278-773-763-9278. And furthermore, how will Republicans govern with this kind of schism in their party? Generally, Republicans, it has been said, you know, kind of laughingly tongue-in-cheek, Democrats fall in love. Republicans fall in line. You did not do that yesterday. But when you really, really think about it, boy, <laughs> President Trump, former President Trump, has done a job on this party. He has busted the establishment, and this is where you see it. Remember, he chased Jeb off the stage, Marco Rubio off the stage, Ted Cruz off the stage. I'm just one after another. And now you see uh, the Republican Party in an era in which Americans are increasingly untied to both of the major parties. Americans are increasingly becoming independent. So what does this mean, everybody? Can we hear from John Nichols and this magnificent panel about that? And of course, someone is now calling me. <laughs> Back with more of the San Diego Jackson Show in just a minute. We can change the world. 
This is the Santita Jackson Show. Change the world, change the world. Santita Jackson, WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station, and a 950 radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota. Call us at 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT, and let us know what you think about what's happening in Washington. The GOP chaos is on full display. Who will be speaker? Will Kevin McCarthy be able to cut a deal, or will they have to come up with another candidate uh, who can get those 218 votes? That's from what it's going to take, everybody. Uh, I want you to call me at 773-763-9278-773-763-9278. January 26th, we have the mayoral debate, of course, hosted by Patty Vasquez, Joan Esposito, Santita Jackson. We have the top candidates who will be there. We're trying to get everybody there. And I want to get your questions. I want to know what you want us to ask. Uh, please reach out to me at the Santita Jackson and Friends page or the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel. And let me know what you want from our next mayor. Let let us know. Let, let me know. Let me know. Let me know. Um, and before we talk to John Nichols, as we do, um, we didn't talk to him on Tuesday, but we were able to get him today. Uh, I want to talk to you about financial freedom. Team Hotspur can help you. 855-56-DAVID. 855-56-DAVID or 56david.com. 56david.com. Uh, let's talk to them about not having any credit. Let's talk to them about having credit that is poor. Let's talk to them about gilding credit. Let's talk to them about getting a credit card, stopping usage of your debit card. Bad for business, everybody. What about getting a credit card? What about developing a plan so that you can be in line to get a credit card? Many people have had bankruptcy. You know, they have their credit so poor they can't get a credit card. Uh, what about getting a VA loan, an FHA loan? What about get, keeping your home out of foreclosure or getting it out of foreclosure? Getting your credit card debt eliminated. You shouldn't negotiate these credit cards by credit card companies by yourself. You should let Team Hotburn do it. So I want you to call them at 855-56-DAVID, 855-56-DAVID, or go to 56david.com. If you call them, you'll get a free consultation. Let them know everything that is going on. They know it all. And what they'll do is... Do some investigating, and they'll follow up and come up with a plan for you. You owe it to yourself as we move into 2023 to get out of debt, to get up out of the hole. Uh, Tom and Sonia did it. They had 17 credit cards, $100,000 worth of debt on those credit cards, and they were on the verge of losing their home. They reached out to Team Hotburn. They said, look, might as well try this. Don't know if it's really going to work, but it did. Team Hotburn talked to the credit card companies. Uh, brought down their payments to the credit card companies down by nearly $3,000, more than $2,800 a month. And they were able to secure a loan for their home, to save their home. If two kids are celebrating and so is this wonderful couple, that could be you. Call them at 855-56-DAVID, 855-56-DAVID, or 56david.com. Just check them out, everybody. Deal with yourself. 
John Nichols, national correspondent for The Nation magazine, these uh, Dwight McKee and Attorney Daryl Jones, chairman of the Transformative Justice Coalition, and Attorney Aaron Connolly could not wait to hear your analysis. Aaron and I are here <laughs> waiting to swear in um, Congresswoman-elect Delia Ramirez, Congressman-elect Jonathan Jackson, and others, Max Frost. Um, that didn't happen yesterday, and we're wondering if it's going to happen today. What happened yesterday? What do you expect to happen today? John Nichols, The Nation Magazine. Sure. Uh, I'm glad to be with you, Santita, and glad to be with all the folks today. Look, what happened yesterday was something that's entirely predictable. The Republican Party has ceased to be a political party that had powerful figures in positions at the head of legislative caucuses. Uh, and become increasingly a party that exists outside of Washington, um, and primarily, even now, around one man, Donald Trump. And that has, has severely weakened the processes within the House of Representatives. Now, that intersects with another reality, and that is that Kevin McCarthy was one of the weakest links in the Republican leadership camp. Uh, for a long time. If you go back a decade ago, a little over a decade ago, uh, there were three sort of rising stars in the Republican caucus. They called themselves the Young Guns. That was Paul Ryan, Eric Cantor, and Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy was clearly the lesser of the trio. Now, Paul Ryan went went on to be Speaker and just could not deal with Trump. And Ryan was a much stronger figure, but he couldn't deal with Trump, and so he finally just quit. Uh, Eric Cantor was beaten in his own party's primary. And so that left Kevin McCarthy as sort of the young leader with a claim on, on, you know, leadership of the caucus and potentially the speakership. But McCarthy never had the skills. And this is something that we underestimate a lot. In Congress, uh, what you need to be a leader is a combination of that, that speaking ability, the ability to go out around the country and, and you know, use your rhetoric, use your uh, communication skills. McCarthy's pretty weak on that. But the other part of congressional leadership is what you do, frankly, behind closed doors. And that's the ability to speak to the members of uh, what will always be a contentious caucus in either party, uh, you know, people of different views, people of different backgrounds, people of different weaknesses, and to get them together as a whole. Under Nancy Pelosi, whether you liked her or not, she did that so effortlessly that I think a lot of people just figured, oh, you know, put somebody in as leader and it's going to work. They'll use the power of the position. What we're now finding out is it doesn't work that way. And Kevin McCarthy is not prepared for the situation he's in. What's going to happen going forward? You say you wonder whether folks are going to get sworn in today. I'm going to tell you, and I could be wrong, and I'd certainly be glad to be wrong. I will bet that they don't. And I will bet that this chaos continues because until Kevin McCarthy steps aside for someone else, probably Steve Scalise, um, you're going to have this continued sort of battle. And the right wingers who are pushing this, uh, who are some of them very ideological, others of them very ambitious, uh, they're going to keep pushing because they're, frankly, right now winning. They're not losing. They're winning. They they actually got one more vote against McCarthy on the third vote yesterday. But the one other thing I would add to this analysis, and just so we keep it all in mind, that this is un, this is likely to be an ongoing chaos. And even if someone does 
finally get the speakership, it foretells chaos in the Republican caucus. The real winner, and the winner that I think we should all be rather excited about yesterday and going forward, is Hakeem Jeffries, the new leader of the Democratic caucus. He held his caucus, which is also somewhat contentious, together for three votes. He actually got more votes than Kevin McCarthy for speaker. And frankly, at a time when the Republican Party is looking chaotic and dysfunctional, Hakeem Jeffries taking over for Nancy Pelosi is leading a Democratic Party that looks to be able to continue as a pretty strong and united force. That's a big deal going into this next Congress. Hmm. A couple of things. With Nancy Pelosi, is it effortless or is it skillful? Have we underestimated her skill? She is a very skilled politician, and she's done this really in three decades, right? Um, And what about Hakeem Jeffries? Because he's vilified by many on the left for being someone who attacks the left. Of course, he has helped to lead this new group of blue dog Democrats. But somehow or another, like you said, he was able to hold his caucus together mm-hmm. and get more votes, vote after yep. vote, ballot after ballot after ballot, um, than, uh, than Kevin McCarthy. First, Nancy Pelosi, I just don't think we should under underplay or under, under I mean, or just really understate her skill, her skill, right. which she made look effortless. That's exactly right. And again, it goes back to that point. I think many people, because uh, Nancy Pelosi has been there for so long, uh, either as the leader of the Democratic uh, caucus or as speaker now for the better part of 20 years, um, people just thought, oh, well, you know, we know what a leader looks like and, and she's pretty good at it. And they just assumed that you could maybe insert someone else there. There's a reason why Nancy Pelosi led the Democrats in Congress for the better part of 20 years. Think about that. Two decades. That's very rare in history. Um, and the reason was that she was, as you suggest, an incredibly skilled politician. And we denigrate politicians often. We say, oh, well, you know, that that, that's almost a term of derision. But the truth is that a skilled politician is somebody who can actually use power to get things done. And with Nancy Pelosi, you look back at things like the Affordable Care Act, um, many, many pieces of legislation in that first uh, two years of Obama's term, uh, and actually, frankly, an incredible amount of legislation in the first two years of Joe Biden's term. So Pelosi's good at what she does, and she has a 50-year, 60, 70, 80-year uh, record. It's not just the last 30 years. It's important to understand she is the daughter of a uh, former mayor of Baltimore, former congressman who's dated back to the Roosevelt era. And so she was raised in politics. She knows how this thing works. And that's that's really her strength in Congress. Now, uh, and also I'd say one other strength for her, which is that she was able to modernize. She had all this history, all this background, but she was also able to recognize new trends, new demands, and usually, not always, but usually do pretty well at, at, at integrating in, you know, kind of the, the progress within not just the party, but the country. Now, let's look at Hakeem Jeffries. Jeffries, obviously much younger, 52 years old, one of the younger speakers in history, uh, but somebody who's been around Congress for a long time, came out of that New York City political ferment. And that's a good thing, right? Coming out of New York, which is a tough city to do politics in, tough city to get elected to Congress and hold a seat from, uh, and frankly, somebody who is tutored by a lot 
of uh, veteran members of Congress, uh, including going back to Charlie Rangel. Um, Hakeem Jeffries came to the leadership with skills. Now, you're right. Maybe there's people who disagreed with him on one issue or another over the years. But it's important to understand that when you get to that leadership level, yeah, you, you know, you're going to have made enemies. You're going to have made a few, uh, had a few disagreements along the way. But Jeffries faced his first test uh, when Nancy Pelosi signaled she was going to step down. Question, would there be a fight for the speakership or for the leadership of the caucus? No, there was not. Jeffries was the united choice. And the interesting thing about it is I talked to many progressives who, frankly, uh, really respected him, but also uh, valued the fact that he reached out to them in very effective ways early on. Mm -hmm. So he has, much like Pelosi, a lot of communication with every sector of the caucus. And the second thing is, after getting the leadership, his real test came uh, yesterday, right? Could the Democrats go into that situation as an absolutely united bloc that was able to show unity and strength uh, even it's in its minority position, as opposed to the majority Republicans. They did it. They came through yesterday looking strong. Jeffries and the Democrats, if you looked at the speeches that were given by Congressman Aguilar and others, um, they were they were strong. They were confident. They were good humored. Um, they were able to aggressively go after the Republicans at a time where the Republicans were struggling with one another and not doing very well. And so, frankly, um, although he is a very young caucus leader, I think Hakeem Jeffries is uh, is having one of the one of the sort of best uh, openings of of his tenure that we've seen as someone in that position. And if he carries it forward with Nancy Pelosi, you know, still there as Speaker and Emeritus, and obviously backing people up when needed. But frankly, I don't think Jeffries is going to need a lot of backup. My sense is. Uh, he's going to lead an effective opposition, and there are others rising with him that, you know, again, I, I think that while the Democrats are in the minority and that's going to be tough, we're starting at this very early stage to see signals that, that they're going to be able to handle it. Hmm. Do you think this will play out, or how will this play out in the broader electoral landscape? Do you uh, see, well, I mean, do you see chaos? I mean, or do you see community when it comes to the Republicans? No, it's absolute chaos, and it's chaos going forward. Um, there's, there's simply no question of that. And, and here's the challenge. You said it uh, going, into, going into this segment, Santita, when you were talking about, you know, that, that Trump pretty well destroyed the establishment in the Republican Party. And uh, that was true, especially in the House of Representatives, less true in the Senate. I mean, Mitch McConnell is still there. Um, he is in a minority position, in fact, in a weaker minority position. Uh, but he's pretty well got his his team in place, and he can he can hold on to what he's got. But it really is a, it's it's a something of the past holding on. In the House, you had a situation where uh, you know Trump tore through just as he tore through his opponents in the 2016 campaign. He tore through the leadership of the House, and and frankly. Um, was incredibly dismissive, incredibly uh, demeaning, frankly, of, of the people who might be potential leaders. Look at Kevin McCarthy's story. Kevin McCarthy is a guy who got caught again and again and again on hot mics talking about what a bad player Trump was. It was Kevin McCarthy who was one of the first people who suggested that Trump had sold out to the Russians. 
uh, it was Kevin McCarthy who again and again got caught, you know, saying, you know, what a bad player Trump was. It was Kevin McCarthy who, you know, back on January 6th, um, pointed a finger of blame at Donald Trump. And then at every turn, when things got tough, it was Kevin McCarthy who flew off to Mar-a-Lago and, you know, kissed the ring of Donald Trump and, and showed that he was not going to be, you know, an equal player in the leadership of the party. He was not going to be a serious player. He was going to, you know, bend to whatever wind was blowing his way. And and so I, McCarthy uh, is really a play out of what Trump has done to the party. And even as Trump weakens, right, uh, there is not a natural successor. There's certainly not a natural successor at the presidential level. In fact, Trump will undoubtedly run again. He may well win the nomination, which would be a disaster for the Republicans. And that plays out through the whole party. Look at one one kind of core measure, Santita, and that is if we use electoral politics as our measure of success or failure, right, the basic line, not not once you're in governing, but the basic question of can you get power? Well, Donald Trump was defeated by 3 million votes in 2016, but thanks to the Electoral College, he became president. Um, in 2018, the Republicans had a disastrous midterm election cycle where they had setbacks uh, at the congressional level and in states across the country. In 2020, uh, Republicans lost the presidency and Democrats got control of the Senate. So they had the Senate and the House and the presidency. In 2022, while Republicans did claw back by an incredibly narrow margin, the House of Representatives, they lost the Senate by a wider margin. And in the states, they had dramatic setbacks uh, in governorships, in secretary of state races, et cetera, in state legislative races. And so you've really had three election cycles in a row, 2018, 2020, 2022, where uh, the Republicans have failed. They have failed on their baseline mission. And uh, I think that now you're seeing that that failure come back to haunt them in the on the governing side of this equation. And what I think it foretells for the future is, yes, more chaos and also a situation where if the Democrats are very strategic, very smart in what they do in the Senate, uh, what they do with their minority, strong minority status in the House and what President Biden does, especially as regards executive orders, they might well be able to navigate this next two years uh, much more strongly than I think most of us expected. Mm, yet another surprise. I want to get a minute from each one of my panelists before John wraps things up. Attorney Daryl Jones, what's next? That's the best I can come up with. <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Santita, I think I go back to what I said in the opening. I think that what's next is you uh, you pop your popcorn, you get your soft drink, and you sit and you watch this ride. Because I don't I'm think going up to the hills today. Is that what we're going to do, Daryl? <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, it won't be Garrett's popcorn, but I'll bring some popcorn to sit there and watch this happen, uh, Santita. I mean, it's going to be you know, very interesting to see what happens now. And I just don't know the answer. You know, as John said, you know, I look for Steve Scalise or Jim Jordan or someone to emerge from the pack to try to, you know, somehow uh, bring some type of consensus to uh, to a resolution for for the Speaker of the House. I'm very concerned for for the future of our uh, of our House of Representatives if this is the uh, demonstration, the epitome of what they're going to be doing over the next uh, two years. I'm concerned. Aaron Connolly, I'm bringing some popcorn up there. Daryl and I are coming. 
We're coming. He's supposed to be. All right. Or something. <laughs> and the dental floss. I'll bring that too. But you got one minute. <laughs> <laughs> Well, political scientists all over the country, this is this is like better than uh, a season finale of their favorite show. Right. You can't you can't write this type of political drama. So I think, um, you know, we we got to wait and see. We we have to see what what they hammered out like late into the night. Um, I can't imagine it's it's going to be a day where we we see um, anything but some fireworks. And the one thing I, I do want to say Nancy Pelosi really, really deserves so much more credit than she gets. She has been a beyond competent leader. She is brilliant. She is tough. She is smart. And what she was able to to continue to lead yesterday and say, look at this. Democrats are behind their leadership in a completely united front. Right. And that's not easy to do either. But Mm -hmm. they are. And what we see from the Republican majority is complete chaos. They can't even they can't even pick their captain. So so how can how can we 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 trust and invest in folks that aren't aren't trusting us? Right. That that don't put us before their own bickering. And um, I think there has to be some sort of consensus candidate. Um, You know, I, I think. It, it remains okay. to be seen uh, who that is. I've heard a few other names that I don't even want to throw out there. <laughs> I don't want to oh. jinx it, um, but we'll we'll see what happens. And our, and our hope is is people are anxious to get to work. They they want to get to work for the people, and they can't. And and it, it's uh, I hope it doesn't go on uh, too much longer. But but we'll have to just wait and see. But bring the popcorn. I'll be there. Well, you know they can get to work. They just need to let people know what's going on. That's part of the work. This is government at work. And this is power at work, and we have to let people understand that this is power. Dwight McKee, wow, one minute for you. <laughs> wow, what's next? Well, if McCarthy thought that Trump was fooled by his common and his psychopathic behavior, he was profoundly mistaken. And I think behind all of this is Trump manipulating the time. Hmm. Uh, that he had always committed. He gave McCarthy the the impression that he was fooled by all that, but he was listening to the the, the, uh, the pillow talk, and he was listening to the the microphones, and really got a sense of his their true feelings about him. And so he plays hardball. So he's taking his his look, caucus group behind the scenes sabotage the process till he gets the people lined up who he wants lined up, who it probably would not be. Behind it. Um, I think that we have to give Pelosi a lot of credit for how fluid and profound she was in playing politics on the Democratic side. But I think we also have to give Trump as much credit as strategic as he is on how he plays politics on the Republican side. There's a tendency for us to think that she's smart and he's dumb, but that's not the case at all. She's smart, and so is he, and they play hardball at a different level. She has a much more sedate, much more affable, much more gracious approach to it than he Mm -hmm. does. But behind the scenes, 
Jesus hard nose as he is. Absolutely. But you also have to understand, even though he plays hardball and he has a very uh, hostile approach and style, his yeah. strategy is as strategic as hers is. And Absolutely. once we learn it, we understand what game we're looking at. The last minute, a little bit of change belongs to you. <laughs> Go on, John. Wow. Look, I'll, I'll agree with everything that everybody said here, which is so wise and strong. And let me just add one other word, discipline. Um, mm. In politics, when you're trying to manage a lot of people, you have to yourself be disciplined, right? You have to be focused and, and be willing to show up earlier, stay later, work harder uh, than everybody else. And, you know, that was that was what you saw with Nancy Pelosi. No one doubted her discipline. Nobody doubted that she was she was working as hard or harder than anybody else there. There's never been that sense with Kevin McCarthy. He has never shown that that level of, you know, kind of self-control and focus. Mm -hmm. And I think coming to a head for him, I think that that smart Republicans are going to start looking for somebody else. I think there'll be a tendency to look at Steve Scalise, who is a more disciplined politician. Uh, but frankly, uh, Scalise is extremely conservative, far more clearly right wing than McCarthy. And I, I don't think that will sell well with the American people. So at the end of the day, the Republicans in Congress are in a situation that I don't think they can cure. They will eventually get a speaker. And your your brother will eventually be sworn in, Santita, as well as Delia Ramirez, Lee, and others. But um, I'm not sure that that the Republican crisis will be resolved just with picking a speaker. I think this is going to be a problem through the whole Congress. Stay right there. We'll get a little bit more on the other side on the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel. Can't wait to be with you tomorrow, everybody. In the meantime, get that popcorn and stay tuned. Everybody, have a great one. We'll